Before I get started, I just want to tell you two things. Has anybody seen this booklet? No, you haven't. You must see it. So there's some um, over on the table over there. This is a bit of a vision document that we put together. There's some uh, reports from the various different staff around the place. There's stories about what's been happening in the life of NCR around about the place. In there, find out about what's going on and also our vision for 2018. So grab one of those if you haven't had a chance to have a read of that. That would be great. Uh, The second thing that I want to tell you uh, is that we are looking for some people to put onto our church council and onto our finance committee. So if you think that you know of somebody or perhaps you are somebody who would like to serve in that kind of a capacity, then we'd like to uh, receive some nominations. So you can speak to one of the staff members if you've got a bit of an idea. Happy for you to nudge someone and tell them you're going to dob them in. Happy for you to just dob them in, whatever works. Um, The other person that you can speak to is Wes. I'm going to give Wes up the back there, give us a wave so you can let Wes know um, if you've got an idea of somebody that you would like to nominate for one of those two committees. That's the finance and our um, church council. So that would be great. Now, we are talking about a very important topic. No, wait. I'm going to do one more thing. Can I, can I steal one more minute? There's a new baby in the room. And there may be two new babies, I think. We've got um, Teddy Arnott is in the room. Cash and uh, Gav, well done on the arrival of little Teddy Arnott. And he's here already. How many days old is he now? Eight days old and already in the building. Now, that is impressive. Um, And have we got Dan and Amy Newmarch here? They are next door. They're over in next door, which I may take one more minute to tell you about as well before I get started. Um, So they've also got a new baby. So if you see Dan and Amy Newmarch, um, go and say congratulations to them as well. So let's give the two new babies a clap. Pretty special. So the reason there aren't as many toddlers in the room today is because in the dining room, Stu Conkey's doing something quite different. He's trialling a bit of a new, I think I'm going to call it like a live overflow option room um, for those young parents who've got little toddlers and they want to do something a little bit interactive. So they still want to interact with the same message that's going on in here and the same themes and the same topics and the same sorts of announcements, but their kids are jiggling keys banging toys, making noise, singing songs that are fun for them, doing colouring and all that kind of stuff. So if you're wondering where all those other folks are, they're in the dining room having a rip-roaring time uh, of it. Not that we're not. Because we so are. Are we not? No, you can't all go. Because this is is the place to be. This is a good spot. We're talking about um, Unforgotten, which, which is a... It's a, it's, a, it's a button that pushes for me when I think about the word um, being unforgotten or being, being forgotten or being remembered by someone. I had a really interesting experience a little while ago, um, probably about six years ago. I had been speaking uh, at a church in Bendigo, Bendigo Baptist Church, and I was sharing um, a whole message about a whole different bunch of things. And in amongst that message, I shared the fact that I was adopted back in 1974 uh, in Sydney uh, and you know, shared that little part of the story and then went on to the rest of the message. And then in the foyer, as you do, you work in the room, you're talking to different people, you're having your little conversations. And a lady came up to me and she said, can I hug you? And I went, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Um, And so she hugged me 
And then she hugged me tighter. And then she put her head on my shoulder. And then she sort of was sobbing a little bit. And she held on for a really, really, really long time. And, and I was just, because that's what I do. And then eventually she let go and she went, thank you. I just needed a moment to pretend and to imagine that you were the tiny baby I gave up 40 years ago. And I know you're not, but I just needed a couple of minutes to just pretend that you were her and that she's gone on to live a happy life and she's doing really well just like you are. So thank you for giving me a couple of moments of pretending Uh, because there's never a time when I don't think of her. She's never forgotten. Um, So as I I sit down and, and think about the topic of forgotten, my head goes to, is there somebody out there for whom I am unforgotten? Is there someone out there who says, gee, I wish I, wish I could just see her and know that she's okay and, um, you know, I'd give her a hug. <laughs> um, but just that whole idea of, of being unforgotten and, it, and it's really important to me to think about. And I wonder if, if the topic is important to you, particularly around Christmas time. We lost my grandparents a few years ago and even... You know, on Christmas Day, most Christmases, I've got a little candle and I light the candle. And, you know, we don't make a song and dance about it. We don't make a big deal. Everybody just knows that at some point, soppy Vonnie <laughs> lights a candle and it's me just going, I remember my grandparents because they were really important to me. So um, I remember them often. I have this thing in my life where something big will happen, particularly something big that will happen with my kids. Like they'll do something awesome or they'll say something or whatever. And I'll have this thing in my in my gut where I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to, what, did, what have I missed? What, I've just, uh, oh, I want to ring Nan and tell Nan. You know, I don't know whether any of you experienced that, but you just, and she's been gone for nine years, but it still happens. And I think, oh, that's what I want to do. I want to ring Nan and tell her. Um, she's never forgotten to me. She never will be. Um, I, I wonder if there is anybody in your life that you remember, that will never be forgotten. Uh, there's a lot of things. So on my, I've got a blackboard at home in my kitchen, and it's huge. And my boys and I sat down with the chalk, and we wrote the entire Christmas lead-up on the blackboard. So we wrote from like November the 30th, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, all the way down to the 25th of Christmas, and everything that we have to remember. The Christmas carols, the school Kris Kringles, uh, the write a message for Sunday morning, the 17th. Uh, Dave's out at a Christmas party. The kids have got birthday parties to go to. We've, it, like, it's just insane. And somewhere in amongst there, I've got to remember to write Christmas cards, which I won't, and I'm really sorry, because I just don't, because I just never do. It's just not in me. So sorry to the lovely people that gave me one this morning. You won't get one back. But I like you all. You're all marvellous. So remembering is actually really, really hard sometimes. And when I thought about remembering, this is what I came up with. You are going to love it. It's hilarious. Okay, do I have to hit something to make it go? Ernie, can I ask you something? Yeah, sure. What is is that string there in your finger for? Oh, well, this this string here, Bert? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, well, you see, uh, 
that, that piece of string there is tied there to remind me of something. You see, that helps me to remember, Bert. That's that's what that string is that, for. That piece of string there helps you to remember. Yep, it sure does, Bert. Well, what, what does it remind you of, uh, Ernie? Huh? Well, that piece of string there reminds me that there's a piece of string tied on this finger right here, Bert. I see. Well, then what does that piece of string remind you of? Oh, that piece of string reminds yeah. me that there's a piece of string tied on this finger here. You see? Oh, Ernie. Okay, this goes on and on for a really long time, so let's just move on and get to the punchline. Yep, and there's seven, and there's an eight. That, that piece of string there reminds me that there's a piece of string tied right there around on that, that finger, finger there. right. Okay, Ernie. That's what Okay, it okay, 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 I understand that. Now tell me, what does that last piece of string remind you of? Well, that reminds me that we're all out of string, Bert. Ta-da! <laughs> and there you have it. <sighs> Oh, man. Oh, man. You've got to love Ernie and Bert, right? You've got to love Ernie and Bert. So um, the, the, this whole idea of remembering stuff at Christmas time and remembering all the things that we've got to do and remembering the people that are important to us, um, I actually know for a fact that for a lot of people, Christmas pushes a lot of remembering buttons, a lot of remembering buttons for people. Um, for some people, they're missing their parents' For some people, they're missing their kids because it's the other spouse's year to have the kids on Christmas Day and there's that missing and remembering. Um, for some people, their family has just dwindled and there's not very many left to gather and, and so they're remembering the people that they miss. Um, for some people, they're, they're remembering you know, to buy gifts and then stressing over how much money to spend because there's not enough money to go around and how to make it all work there's actually a lot of angst in that. Um, some people are just overwhelmed by Christmas because there's actually a lot of demands on us at this time. And some people feel alone and wonder if God's actually forgotten them. Oh, where's my picture gone? Sorry. They actually are wondering whether God's forgotten them. They're actually wondering whether they are all alone in the world. God's gone on vacation. He's got something else to be doing. And has he actually forgotten me where's he at in my life where's he at in amongst all of my mess so just this whole idea of where is God when we feel alone where is God have we been remembered so I'm, I'm speaking about this morning the story of Mary and Elizabeth it's a fantastic story in the Bible we hear this story about Mary has met with an angel and the angel has said to her Mary you are highly favored God is going to save the world through a child that you'll bear. You're going to have a child and she goes, how's that possible? I'm not married. And, and the angel says, God will make it happen. It'll be the Holy Spirit. It will be fantastic. It'll be okay. He says, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. You'll become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus and he will be great, the son of the highest. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the highest will hover over you, and the child you will bring forth will be called Holy, the Son of God. And then he goes on to say this, which is really, really good. He says, and did you know that your cousin Elizabeth has also conceived a son, old as she is, everyone called her barren, and here she is six months pregnant. Nothing you see is impossible for God. And Mary says, Ooh, may it be as you say, because what else would you say to an angel who said that? May it be as you say. 
And then the next line says, and she made haste to go and see Elizabeth. So there's this thing in this whole story where she actually, she's, she's a little bit panicked, I think. I'm just reading into it. You see, I, I don't look at Mary as like meek and mild, sweet, lovely Mary. I put a little bit of myself into Mary when I read Mary. And so I hear her getting to the end of it going, oh, this is huge. This is massive. What am, how, this, no, wow, no, a baby. I'm not married. Well, hang on, I've got to tell Joseph this. What, what about Joseph? I actually really like him and I had planned a future with him. What if he rejects me? Oh, wow, what about being rejected? I've got to tell my parents. I've got to tell mum and dad. I mean, mum will understand, won't she? Oh, will she? Dad, oh my goodness, well, how am I going to tell dad? And, and like the, for the religious people in town, I, I, oh, this is huge. Elizabeth, I've got to, I've got to see Elizabeth. I've, I've got to go and see Elizabeth. And she makes haste and goes and sees Elizabeth. Before she does anything else, she makes haste to go and see Elizabeth because the angel said, don't worry, Elizabeth will get it. It's, it's almost like a sign or an assurance. Or God knew, we chicks, we need someone to go on the journey with us. God knew that she needed somebody else. So she makes haste and off she goes to see Elizabeth. When, when, I, hear, um, when I hear the song, you know, Mary, did you know? That song, you Mary, did you know? I, I feel like I want to answer on Mary's behalf. It kind of stirs me up. I love it. It's beautiful. And it, in fact, it was sung beautifully just here recently. But it stirs me up because I want to be Mary and I want to say, no, do I know? Of course I know. You try being me. I'm going to have a baby. Of course I know. And I've heard and I understand. Mary, did you know? Boy, do I know. So she's on her way to see Elizabeth. And I can't, be, I can't even begin to imagine a five-day journey on foot, probably by herself because she's, you know, she's made haste to go and see Elizabeth. Imagine the internal dialogue, or is this just me? Is there internal dialogue? You know, you're walking along the road and you say, well, Elizabeth, I've got something to tell you. Oh, well, Joseph, you know, and so there's this internal dialogue where she's thinking about how she's going to say it. And then she's hearing their responses in, in her imagination and how they're going to respond and how it's going to play out. And if they don't respond that way, and then, well, and then she's probably having some conversations with God in amongst this going, God, you're going to have to give me more than this because this is huge. And how am I going to carry this in my life? And what am I going to do? Five days on the road, five days of possibly sleepless nights on the road five days of lots of long walking i can't begin to imagine the turmoil and then she gets to elizabeth's house so she arrives at elizabeth's place and i imagine this is just again my imagination she's at the door and she's pacing she's like oh, i've got to ring the doorbell there weren't doorbells but she's pacing out the front and she's practicing what she's going to say and she's sort of in a bit of a, I trust God, but I'm not sure, and I'm confused, and she walks in the door, and she's like, oh, Elizabeth, it's, and I, what do you, and then Elizabeth says, what, what a blessing, how blessed am I that the mother of my Lord should come to my house, and how blessed are you with the babe that you're going to bring. In fact, when I heard your voice, the baby within me leapt for joy. 
You know, Mary didn't even get to get all of her stuff out or tell the story or share her angst or anything like that. As soon as she's like gotten in the door, Elizabeth said, God, and pointed her to God. She straight away pointed Mary to God. I I don't know whether you have people in your life that, that settle you, that focus you, I do. I actually have people in my life who, who when I'm in a, ah, which I sometimes am, who actually go that, hey, like this, focus, no, no, God. And they point me to God and they say, remember God, remember who he is, remember how trustworthy he's been, remember who he is. So here's um, Mary and Elizabeth and they're having this conversation and Elizabeth says, wow. God and the baby within me leapt and then Mary says this I'm bursting with God news I'm dancing the song of my savior God God took one look at me and look what he's done I'm the most fortunate woman on earth what God has done for me will never be forgotten the God whose very name is holy and set apart from all others His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. He bared his arm and showed his strength. He scattered the bluffing braggarts. He knocked tyrants off their high horses. He pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down at a banquet and the callous rich left out in the cold. He embraced his chosen child, Israel. He remembered and piled on the mercies, piled them on high. It's exactly what he promised, beginning with Abraham right up to now. You know, Elizabeth just said, steady down, God. This is God. This is not some crazy out there thing. This is God. And then out of the depths of who Mary knows God is, flows this song out of the depths of what she already knew out of the depths of who she knew God to be she gave expression with her lips what she treasured in her heart everything in this is what she knew in her heart she's actually singing a whole lot of scripture that she'd already learned telling a whole lot of stories in this this one song that she sang about who God really really was and she knew it and she knew that she knew it deep down on the inside. She knew that God had promised to set the world to rights and this is him actually doing it, which is huge. And she recognised it and she sang it out loud. He had promised that he would knock the tyrants off their high horses, that he would set things to rights, that he would pull victims out of the mud, that the hungry would come into a great feast and a banquet, just as he promised just as he promised. So I want to take a a look at that idea of it's exactly what he promised. So if I said to somebody, um, can I borrow 10 bucks? I promise I'll pay it back. I give you my word. Has anybody ever given their word? Has anybody ever had someone say, I give you my word? I promise I'll do it. I'm good for it. What I say is what will happen. I'm good for it, I give you my word. So I wanted to have a think about what does it mean that God has promised something, God's given his word. So this is a, this is a passage. 
And we've had it up on my blackboard in my kitchen at home until the Christmas list came along to move it over. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Now my question is, what if I took all the Word, like I give you my Word, the Word, if I take all the Word out of that and delete them and then add in the word Jesus, just doing a word swap here, will the sentence still make sense? In the be- oh, sorry, in the beginning, Jesus already existed. Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. He existed in the beginning with God. Jesus became human and made his home among us. So God's word is Jesus. God's word is Jesus. God's promise, when he gives his word, he actually gave Jesus. Jesus was his word. Jesus was his promise. Jesus is the fulfillment of his promise. And what I love is that Mary knew this. Mary actually got it and she knew it. At the end of Mary's song, it says, God embraced his chosen child Israel. He remembered. And for me, when I did a bit of a word study on that, that that line about God embracing his child Israel, the people of Israel, it actually talks about um, an arm reaching down and taking grip of somebody that they might be pulling out. You know, like an arm reaching down into a pit. It's about taking grip of somebody. And I think it's a beautiful image to think about that when, G- when God promised and sent Jesus as his word, as his promise, because God is good for what he says he'll do, it's actually him reaching down to us and taking a grip of us. And it's not about our ability to reach up to God. It's not our ability to have a good grip. It's about his grip on us. And again, I think Mary knew that. I think Mary knew it and I think she understood it. The strength of God's rescue is the grip of his strong arm, not our ability. I remember when I first actually got this information, when I heard the story about Jesus and, and it made sense and I actually got it. I remember that day. I've actually got a piece of paper in like an old journal that I remember the day. But I also remember the day that I knew that I knew that I knew it and that I would always hold on to it. I was in a a gathering and some people had gotten baptised and we were singing a song and I stood there and went, oh, I get it and I get that I get it and I know it and I know that I know it and it's actually buried in my heart and will stay there forever. And I remember thinking that and I remember that day. And from then on, whatever's treasured in me comes out from my lips just like it did that day for Mary no matter what she was facing no matter what was going on for her what she was treasuring in her heart came out when someone said hang on hang on hang on hang on God so my question today is if you're asking the question has God forgotten me then I reckon that might be the wrong question because God does not forget God is good for his word. You can take God's word to the bank because God's word became flesh 
and dwelled among us as the person of Jesus and changed the world forever. The question is, have I remembered God? Not has God remembered me, it's have I remembered God? So I've been wearing this little piece of string on my finger for about Wednesday, about five days or something like that. Three or four people have asked me, what's with the string? Um, But it's reminded me to remember. Every time I feel that piece of string, every time I wash my hands and the string's wet and getting stretchy, it reminds me, remember, remember God, remember who he is, remember that he's good for his word, remember that he changed your life, remember that he's provided good things for you, that he's always there. And I remember different times when God's been there for me. There was one time that I was uh, living in a little unit and my brother had overdosed and he was in a really bad place. And he said, I've been waiting for you to get home so I could say goodbye. And I'm pretty sure I manhandled him into the car, somehow got him into the car, shut the door, ran around, headed to the Austin Hospital, and the entire time as my hands were gripping the steering wheel, what was in my heart was coming out on my lips. God, you said you'd never leave me or forsake me, and I need you here with me right now. God, you you said you'd never leave me or forsake me, and I need you here right now. And as my hands gripped the steering wheel, and I'm pretty sure I ran a few red lights to get in there, and my brother got to the hospital, and he's alive and well today. And God was actually there for me, and I knew it, and I claimed it because it was buried in my heart because I had learned that information from the scriptures and, and it came out. So I, I wonder whether you need a bit of string on your thumb in the lead up to Christmas to remember, to remember God and to remember that he's good for his word. Um, one of the things that they did in, uh, in ancient times is when God did something, they would build a stone altar When God did something good for the people, they would say, stop, before we go any further, someone needs to make, and they'd all gather up the stones and they'd make a stone altar. One, to mark the moment so that they would not forget, but two, for any future travellers coming, to mark the moment. I wonder whether you need to find something in your life that says, this thing God has done for me, I'm going to make a mark. I'm going to, I don't know. I've decided I'm going to build like a little stone thing under my Christmas tree this year. I'm going to go and get some stones, build a little stone thing to remember what God has done for me and for my family. Or I wonder whether you need a piece of string or I wonder whether you need to write a song or to have a song that comes out of you. So Mary's song, which we've looked at today, is called the Magnificat. Um, My soul magnifies is what it means. And I wonder what you can do to make sure that you remember who God is and what he did. The band are going to come up and we're going to spend a few times, a few minutes, having communion together. For me, communion is one of those things that actually just lets me stop for a minute and think about what it is that Jesus did for me on the cross when he died for me. Um, In Luke 22, it says, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. 
Do this in remembrance of me. Do this to remember. So this is a moment when we can actually stop and while the band are playing and singing and we can go and take communion and we can have a think about what it is that Jesus did for us. So as you break the bread, you might think about the fact that Jesus, his body was broken on the cross so that we might know God and so that the world might be put to rights. As you take the juice um, and drink it, think about what it is that God has done for you. There's a beautiful passage um, which talks about two guys walking down the road after Jesus had died and they're walking down the road and, the, and Jesus um, has come back to life and has joined them and they're walking along and they walked with him for ages and then eventually they got to their home and they invited him in and he sat down at the table and he broke some bread and in their hearts they went, oh, it's Jesus, we get it. The, the breaking of the bread reminded them and their hearts burned within them about who he was and what he did. So I wonder whether in this moment we can actually just be silent and listen to the music and take a moment to remember what Jesus has done. And if you don't know whether Jesus has done anything for you yet, he has, ask him to reveal it. Ask him to reveal what it is that he's done. So on the tables over there, there's some string. If you would like to join me in putting some string on your thumb or your finger, Take a piece of string, wrap it on, tie it round so you remember. Remember to remember. You might want to take a stone. You might want to take a couple of stones and build a little stone stack to remember. Or you might want to take a copy of Mary's song and uh, put it somewhere and read through it and have a look at it often.